Welcome to Episode 4 of Initial Legal Offering. More ICOs than 2017, faster than your favorite Mario Kart character, more fuel efficient than your cousin's Prius. It's Initial Legal Offering, the latest in crypto news and regulation. This week on the podcast, we compare the performance of ICOs over the past four years. Our panel will discuss the Russian mining operation that faked a Coinbase endorsement. We follow the creation of Blockchain Foundation, that's the new crypto lobbying group in Washington, D.C., and we'll examine a new bottle for ICOs seeking to skirt securities laws. Finally, our panelists will face off over Horizon, which is formerly Zencash, a privacy project and a fork of Z Classic. This project aims to integrate transactions, communication, and competitive governance in a secure and anonymous manner using a worldwide distributed blockchain. Joining us this week as we record from Satoshi's VW Microbus, let's welcome Cryptocurrency's best panel. In the world. In the world. <laughs> Slash only, right? <laughs> um, I'm Laura Beth. I'm the tax lawyer and uh, glad to be back after a two-week hiatus. I'm Ben. Uh, it's good to be back too as well. It's good to see that everybody survived the hurricane. Over to my right is... Jared, and I am an attorney as well. I am uh, glad to be back, although I was back for last week's episode. Um, the MCO crew and shills didn't get me, despite their best <laughs> efforts on Reddit to hunt Several me down. Several attempts on your life from Yeah, they tried to dox me too, but uh, they, they couldn't get me. And I'm Sevi. I'm the only one here who hasn't been to law school, but uh, glad to be back and uh, glad everyone stayed safe last week. Yeah, a bit of a crazy week with all the weather. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I guess it's time for the news. Let's uh, let's chat about our first article. The first uh, it's actually not even an article. It's just something I discovered online, and um, it is a giant spreadsheet that I discovered on Reddit that has pulled data from Coin Market Cap uh, and a variety of other sources, uh, TokenData.io, that has collated basically a giant list of all of the ICOs, public ICOs that took place from 2014 to 2018. Where's Hamster at on that list? Hamstercoin is... The top. It's at the top. (laughs) The top is the people that have performed the worst. The top is the bottom? The top is... uh, The ceiling is the roof? That's that's exactly right. (laughs) The the nature of this is that uh, Hamstercoin is actually noticeably absent. Um, And I think that's because... We need to come to a, a bit of a conclusion that Hamstercoin is a may have been a scam. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to hold that against you, but uh, of the public ICOs, and there is a long, long list of public ICOs in this uh, Excel spreadsheet that's available publicly. They have got stuff like V Dice, um, Napoleon X, just coins that I've never even heard of. And they, what they've done in this document is basically uh, disclosed the ticker symbol, the amount raised, the date that the ICO completed, the sales price at the ICO, its current price, and their overall return for each of the ICO tokens. Um, performing most uh, excellently is Ether, um, who has had a almost 60,000% return of uh, if it's... Uh, so what did, what did it open at? Oh, it opened at... Uh, 31 cents per token. And, wow. And right now, it's only at one... Well, I guess it's more than 185. I think it's at 210. 210. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's been more than 60,000% uh, return. Um, and if you had invested uh, $1 uh, 
you would have a lot of money. You'd have 500, almost $600 in your pocket if you had just invested $1 in that ICO. Wow. Um, so what you're saying is that episode five is where we launch our ICO. That is exactly right. <laughs> um, any good ideas for what that ICO is? I think it should be an ICO on how to operate an ICO. It's so ICOs on the blockchain. Yes. Fully SEC compliant. Yeah, ILO ICO coin. You know, the, we'll this it. is such a good idea. There's people actually clamoring outside the office right now. <laughs> yep. Why ready to get in on the ground now. floor here. There's yep. a line. They have cash in hand, too. I don't Absolutely. really understand it. Ma'am, please just step back. Um, <laughs> put away those $100 bills. Um, so there have been some notable losers in this ICO list. Um, my bit, which stands out to me as a really, really um, crap outcome, they raised $3 million, which is by no means a small sum of money. Sales price, uh, almost 2 bucks. Current trading price, 2.2 cents. That's Ouch. a negative 98.9% return. Where did all the money go? If you had invested a dollar, it would be worth one cent. Oh, my gosh. So uh, they raised $3 million. Um, and not to mention, you got other coins like uh, Bolinium. I don't even know how you pronounce that. Um, they've had a 99.72% loss. Um, I imagine if you invested a dollar, it would be about a cent. But... If you look at all of these tokens, it really blows me away um, at how many of the the tokens that are on this list are losers and how many of them have actually produced some kind of award. So I have 304 tokens on the list. Any guess as to how many produced a gain versus how many produced a loss? Not a clue, but with the ICO craze of last year, I mean, you got you to gotta think that probably 75 or 80 percent of them at least failed. So it's um, it's surprisingly better than you may expect. Laura Beth, any guesses on how many pitched a gain and how many made a loss? Flip or flop. flop. <laughs> <laughs> is that HDTV? Yeah, is that, is that, is that your show? laundry folding channel? Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's no, really I guess. <laughs> I, I guess it's not sexist if it's, if it's, it's true. true. Uh, well, I'll let you say that on the recording. I'm not going to say that. Was that a microaggression? <laughs> it may have been. It may have been. Um, I'd guess. Oh, do you do a break? I don't know if we're leaving that in. No. Well, that's it. That's that's. We're oh, not yeah. doing a break. That's on the blockchain. That's going on the ICO next yes. week. Okay. Okay. Um, I would guess three hundred and four. How many didn't break uh, profits? I would guess probably more than fifty percent. So over a hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Sevi? Well, seeing as I have the numbers right in front of me, I'm going to guess. <laughs> well, you could have been a better actor. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to Hollywood and start a new career, just FYI. Um, so the actual numbers are about 211 are uh, at a loss, and these are public ICOs. Uh, 91 posted a gain. Some of those gains were inconsequential. Some of those gains were absolutely massive. Um, some of the coins that posted a gain are really, really uh, – decent coins and some of them are just coins that are milling along um there are some that produced a sixty thousand percent increase and some of them that produced a two percent increase bread coin if you had put a dollar in you would have got a dollar two back so <laughs> you could have done about the same with your savings account um there at SunTrust. but uh, yeah i thought it was a really interesting little find um, talking about uh, ICOs, it, it just blows my mind to see how much money that these ICOs have raised from things like 
EOS that have raised four point two billion dollars, billion with a B. Yeah, you gotta wonder too if some of these, you know, some of these amounts were were a little bit easier to get because a lot of these companies didn't have to do the kind of securities reg- registration or regulations that you know typical securities would have. Typical companies doing an IPO. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Sure, and I think that that's probably part of the reason why the IRS and the SEC have really started uh, looking into this stuff because it's a ton of cash. Yeah, I'm actually going through the list of all the ICOs that I have listed, and there's close to 1,700 um, public and private ICOs. Um, some of them raise zero, but either way, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive uh, list of uh, accomplishments and failures. Let's move on to the next article. Okay, so this next article is about the Texas Securities um, Office. They have actually um, just yesterday issued a uh, cease and desist, emergency cease and desist, make that um against uh, the company Coins Miner Investment Limited, and that's actually, um, that's coinsminer.info. Their website looks eerily similar to Coinbase. Um, And what they've been doing is trying to um, basically sell these fraudulent securities. They've spoofed a Coinbase email address um, to make it seem like they were endorsing them. Um, They've claimed to be registered in the United Kingdom, but they're actually located in Russia. Um, and so this allegations, the, the complaint that they filed um, and the cease and desist order has a ton of allegations in it, um, mainly all stemming from their website and then also these emails. They, they went to um, email addresses where the people were in Texas. What kind of stuff was in the email? So it was like um, making it appear that they were um, being endorsed by Coinbase and they were offering them you know, to invest, get on, get in on this and invest. And, and some of the things they were doing was like they were offering different packages for them to invest in, like a, a, starty, a starter package where somewhere between, if you invested between three, $300 and $1,000, they were guaranteeing a 200% commission and one day of compounding interest. So, hmm. uh, and then, you know, as, as you move on up, like the, the silver plan was somewhere between $1,000 and $10,000 and you get a 400% commission. Is there a gold plan? There's a platinum plan. We're skipping right over gold. Yeah. Well, they, there's a gold plan as well. But <laughs> you know that that is some real serious business. Yeah. And, and you know, they misspelled platinum. What about website, an obsidian so. black level? Yeah. No, that would be for MCO only, sir. Yeah. Nothing quite, quite that. Um, I found awesome. this super interesting from a political sp- perspective because I think that no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, um, we know that Russia is is doing some things, um, you know, w- w- within our, our government. and um, Yeah, whether this was sanctioned or not, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to sure. when, when, the, when the chips all come down and fall and someone writes a telltale book. Right, exactly. I think that this is... Um, be surprised if it wasn't. Super fascinating in, um, in, you know, Russia basically interfering with our, our market. You know what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's what's crazy is that you got Texas issuing this cease and desist um, I wonder if uh, any of these advertisements have taken place in North Carolina or any other states on the on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, so that's interesting that you that you mentioned that. Um, so anytime that the website is up and somebody can access the link or can access it um, over here in the states, once they do, that pretty much becomes a sale of a security in that state. Hmm. Um, so we've seen this before with in North Carolina when it was the Adoja LLC, which was a company that was registered in um, Arizona. But okay. they kind of brought that back and said, hey, you know, you're offering this to people in North Carolina because people here could buy it. Yeah, because it's just because it's available online. Yes. I was hoping that Texas, because everything is bigger in Texas, Texas would be all about some ICOs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe starting their own economy and putting it on the blockchain. 
Well, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't ask Sarah Palin whether or not she could put an eye on this for us. <laughs> yeah. Throwback. Touche, <laughs> ma'am. Sorry. You she... can't leave this without a Sarah Palin joke. With at least one Sarah Palin. Well, you know what? We should have put that in the intro. You know, more Sarah Palin jokes than 2016, but I guess. But we ain't know. Yeah. So it's interesting, too, that they were just blatantly fraudulent about this. These allegations outline how they um, photoshopped some of their pictures that were up there um, to make it look like their CEO, had, who wasn't even their CEO that they were alleging, um, had met with the president of Ripple. Um, they, they were offering a giveaway of a vehicle, which they didn't even own. <laughs> um, so what's crazy about these scams, and I've, I've, I've seen or read an article somewhere some time ago, and I don't recall what it was, but... Um, the reason that these spams and these bad websites that are out there have so many spelling errors and are so obviously fraudulent is that they're trying to appeal and scam the the less intelligent individuals that are out there. If you look at Nigerian scam spam emails, you'll I'm the notice best, the prince is my best friend. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you'll notice that there's a ton of spelling errors and spelling mistakes because they're looking to capture and entice people that are less intelligent. And being less intelligent, they're more likely to fall for the scam, and more likely to fall for the scam, the less likely they are to report it once they've been scammed. I mean, it's a really clever business strategy, if you think about it. They know who they're playing to, and they're trying to appeal to that. And I think that's why they're doing things as brazenly as copying pictures and putting the Ripple president in the picture saying they know this person, because it's easy for less intelligent people to fall for this. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, a thing to, to keep in mind when you're doing your own kind of in, in investigations into what, what kind of cryptocurrency you may want to invest in or, or be part of a project is to do your own due diligence. Make sure that you read these, you know, read and investigate a little bit. Um, and spelling errors, once again, are one of the main things that you'll notice first. If you see a lot of spelling errors, then you know that um, this may not be, you know, if they, if they overlook something as simple like that, then, you know, what else are they hiding in this white paper? I'm kind of curious about how this email spoofing took place because in general, how email works now is you can put any email address you want in the header, but there are measures in place uh, on the receiving end of that email to verify uh, the actual sender, whether it's uh, DKIM signatures or something along those lines. And so I'm just curious how they were how they were able to manage that and uh, if Coinbase has some holes in their security that they're not implementing quite quite right well, yeah it's yeah, a good point yeah they just said they spoofed it so that it, the, their their complaint didn't go in that far to say exactly how they did that but i mean if we know anything russia can figure that out i'm mm -hmm. sure so uh, if you were going to do the savvy if you were going to spoof an email how would you do it give us the scoop uh <laughs> I, I like to keep Allegedly. my secrets uh close to the chest you know it's a trade secret uh -huh. gotcha. yeah i mean it, it, as i understand it, it's not super complicated but it does involve compromising a system on coinbase side of things yeah um uh, probably so just uh like i said before there's signatures in place um that would have to be signed uh either by uh coinbase's own email servers or whoever they're hosting through uh to verify the the sending address. Any uh, any chance there's a Russian mole at Coinbase? I want to start that rumor <laughs> here right now. Yes. That, that's yes. high probability. 
Yes. Quite probable, yes. So if you get any emails from Coinbase claiming to be by Vladimir, just maybe... Mr. Putin, uh, we do know that you listened to this. We saw that you've um, downloaded this uh, episode th- three multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, give you us could, a shout. We love you on the cast. Well, well no tea, though. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass on the tea. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine he listens to him while he's wrestling bears. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, let's move on to the next article. I think it's a good uh, good segue now that we've touched all of the Putin jokes that I have in my repertoire. Um, what's next? Who's? Oh, I think it's you. Yeah, yeah, bit. it's me. Um, so the Washington Post is reporting that major crypto companies form have formed a DC lobbying group. This is exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is a good we'll move in a good direction here. Yeah. So this is uh, this is super interesting. Um, there is now it's called Blockchain Association. It's the first lobbying firm representing uh, crypto businesses and investors. Members include Coinbase and Circle, tech startups like Protocol Labs, and investors like Digital Currency Group and Polychain Capital. So I just want to jump in here because I, I got a really interesting point to make. Whenever there is lobbyists and money coming into Washington and corrupt politicians, which is the breeding ground for, for, <laughs> for Washington, you know there's going to be favorable outcomes. Sure. Yeah. And... Uh, I think that if, um, you know, the last year with the the markets here in crypto in general, there's a lot of money. Sure. People have a yeah. lot of money. Um, Any predictions on what's going to happen? Because I, I have an awesome prediction. Well, I think that – go ahead. Well, uh, I, so first, I think <laughs> the, the, first, the first step that's going to happen is that the politicians are going to move to be able to accept crypto as political contributions. That's it, yeah. When that when that happens, you know that Polychain, um, Protocol, Coinbase, Circle, Jared are going to be <laughs> sending money to um, these senators. Who's who's our senator? Burr is our senator. Yeah, uh, Richard Burr and Tom Tillis. Yeah, are uh, I North think, Carolina. I, I think I'm just trying to think up and where I live, which one it is. Um, it's, actually, it's for there for the whole state. Okay, shows you what I know. Mm-hmm. I am a lawyer. You didn't <laughs> pass that citizenship I, exam, so, right? <laughs> to be fair, I just became a citizen. I do know that there are two. Dry, I, don't know. I thought there was. I thought they were separated by. Like, well, there are congressional the districts. That's yeah. for the house. House, yeah, yeah. 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 So sorry. I, look, I've been a citizen for like three months, y'all. That wasn't one of the questions. So st- stick it. Um, anyway, so when Burr announces and Tillis announced they they will take money. In, in crypto, we are going to be going moonbound. You're going to actually see yeah. Elon Musk's rocket passing the moon, and I'm going to be sitting up there waving at him going, what's up, buddy? <laughs> well, you got to view this as, a good, as good for the crypto space. Sure. I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of fraudulent offerings and stuff like that in the past year. We've seen the SEC, FinCEN, even the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. They're all reactionary right now on whether on how to regulate crypto because it's such a new and emerging technology. I see this as... These big companies getting out in front of it, yeah. getting money to the politicians to get the kind of regulations that they want, which you know is questionable. There can be questionable whether that's going to be in in ultimate the ultimate consumer's best interest. Yeah, that's the point. I want, I think is a but big it, deal. It does show an adoption yeah. of of the technology on you know on a national level. We need to be concerned about letting corporations do lobbying for crypto in a major way. Because if Coinbase and Circle and all these big-time capital firms that are basically traditional finance wrapped up in crypto cloaks 
start advocating for what should be happening in crypto regulation. We're going to see things that are happening more favorable for them. I don't think that we should look at this as like extremely good news. I think it's positive news, but I don't think we should allow them to do and be our voice in Washington. Sure. Yeah, they are tough. lobbying for their they own They have interests. their own agenda. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's tough, but could you imagine trying to get everybody who is like just the, the end consumer of cryptocurrency? Look, we just all want decentralized everything. I will, everything. I will <laughs> text, get together I will text <laughs> Tom Tillis right now and tell him what's up. I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> And send him a text and be like, "Look, Tommy, we need to we need to get I some think, Bitcoin uh, moving." My for my like one second on the soapbox. Make sure you vote because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all these senators are old. Do you think they even know what cryptocurrency is? If that means accepting more money for political contributions, I think they do. Yeah, looking forward to our uh, discussion on crypto of the week. I'm interested to see if they treat privacy Hashtag- coins any different. <laughs> uh, because if, yeah. if they can start uh, accepting <laughs> Monero there, um, could be could be an interesting way to get around campaign yeah. finance so, laws. I'm not trying to do too much ageism here, though. Sorry, <laughs> just let me throw in that disclaimer. <laughs> do you uh, do you have any opinions about what uh, what you think their agenda would be lobbying? What do you think they're going to focus on first? Taxes and regulation? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think taxes. I think I don't um, think they're going up to Washington trying to get ICO regulation simplified. I think they're trying to focus on tax regulation. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so too. I think that just basically having some sort of direction on what you know how cryptocurrency is to be taxed is going to be huge. And um, yeah, I don't know about the ICO regulation. I mean, I, I certainly think that um, it's important. So I-, I think we need to reach out to the Blockchain Association to see if we can get them on the podcast. I'm going to do that right now. That's probably a great idea. Um, and see what they say and see if they are open to. Um, giving us a little inside sneak peek into what they're doing and how they're going to be doing and what their focus is going to be. Um, we should be able to look up who the registered lobbyists are and uh, see if we can send them a little a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know that we're interested and yeah. we're watching. Definitely. And and I do think we need it. Laura Beth, do you have a particular message for any of the senators <laughs> about cryptocurrency? We know I have that... a particular message. <laughs> okay, about cryptocurrency. I think we need to stay focused. Important qualifier there. Yeah. Um, if if you could, let's pretend that um, Burr and Tillis. Let's let's just say Burr. No, t- let's say Tillis was in the room right now, and you wanted to give him the the scoop on crypto. What do you think he needs to know? I don't think he's smart enough to understand it. (laughs) Ouch. Um, So we're going to consider that an unsubscribe from Tom Tillis in this podcast. Yeah. He, he, during the judiciary, sorry, like we can break this. During the judiciary committee. This is news, law, and regulation. During the judiciary uh, committee hearing, you know, for Kavanaugh, whatever, he was like, it took me 14 years to graduate from college. So, you know, like. Oh, jeez. I wonder Like, everyone thinks North Carolina. <laughs> so did he get his associate's degree? Joke within a joke. General college. <laughs> Good nice. deal. Um, um, no, I don't know. Speaking um, of Tom Tillis, wasn't he the guy that wanted to create his own currency for North Carolina? I don't know. I have never heard of this. I didn't hear uh, maybe about that's that either. Else. Maybe it's no, if our senators... So like, let I don't I don't know if we should leave in about Tom Tillis isn't smart enough to understand it. <laughs> it's in there. It, it's, it, it's the immutable podcast. It yeah. can't be edited. It's um. It's going to come back in my confirmation hearing one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, You've but got other things to worry about I from know. what I've heard. Yeah, some next level sketchiness. Um, if they were sitting here, I would say that, you know, the most important things for them to understand, uh, you know, from a crypto lobbying standpoint is that um, 
North Carolina North Carolinians are going to continue to have problems with um, taxes and with the SEC until we know what these agencies want us to do. Yeah, absolutely. Sevi, if they were in the room, what would uh, what would you tell them? Yeah, we just need definitive guidelines. Um, I think there are plenty of people out there that are willing to do this the right way. And uh, if it were a little bit simpler, then... I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Ben, what do you think? If uh, your senators were sitting here... I definitely tell them to invest in hamsters. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is not financial <laughs> advice. Yeah, I uh, should have seen that coming. Okay, so um, let's move on from here. What's next? Next up, we have a new ICO model. I'm uh, super excited for this article, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this came out of the consensus-backed uh, Brooklyn project. And uh, there's actually one project out there already called Foam that has implemented this ICO model. Uh, but Civil is the next one up to use this model. And uh, the way I like to think of it is forced utilization um, of- Indentured servitude? Uh, is that what you mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's quite quippy of you. <laughs> Now, what these uh, what these coins are trying to do is make sure that the people that are buying these coins uh, in the ICO process actually understand the company behind them uh, and what they are expecting their users to do with the coins and actually participate in uh, the various mechanisms that they have before they can go out and then sell those tokens on the market. So would you say it's more like a utility token than a, than a cryptocurrency? Yeah, that's what they're, uh, they're aiming for. They're trying to get around the uh, securities laws like so many coins in the past have. Used to be ICOs would just say, this is a utility token, this is not a security, and left it at that. But now they're actually trying to prove that their coins can be used for something and making sure the project is ready for those coins to be used on their system before actually selling them. So I think the Howey test is something along the lines of investment of money, expectation of profits, common enterprise, and well, the profits. Efforts of third parties. Yeah, efforts of third parties. Um, what are they attempting to skirt here? Like, Are they attempting to avoid the Howey test by uh, making sure that this is not profits generated by third parties by ensuring that they are participating? Yeah, they're trying to ensure that they aren't getting investors who are solely looking for profits based on speculation as opposed to the actual utility of the coin itself. I think that this may create a different amount of lawsuits, like the same volume of lawsuits, but different causes of action. Like what if I, in, I presumably have to pay my money to get these tokens, but I have to do these things to get the tokens eventually. What happens if I just don't want to do it? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, you don't get those tokens then. Yeah, but did they send you back your monies? I think it's either like you, 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 you would to have play. to think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, some of the things that Civil is saying uh, their users will have to do to unlock unlock their full token balance is just stuff like complete a quiz about how blockchain and their system works. Kinda, and that sounds like the NCO uh, training wheels example from last week. This like, is not um, going to work. This this project is based around uh, journalism and uh, publishing uh, news and articles to the blockchain and then having users vote with these coins. And oh, okay. so they want their users to go out, read some articles, vote on them, um, or something along those so lines before they can before actually. Can so, so what you're saying is that they're telling them what to do and when to do it. 
They're telling them how they have to do it. I don't think there's any time limit on this. Well, it's, sure. But they're yeah. telling them how they have to do it and what they have to do, and that makes them employees. So I hope they have some withholdings, and they're going to run afoul of a variety of other federal laws, including— And state, depending on what state yeah, is, I, you know, these I folks think are in. This is trading one evil for another— and and this is not like some fly-by-night organization. These guys came through the consensus-backed Brooklyn Project, which I think you had mentioned in our show uh, prep before. This is like Ethereum's. Yeah, consensus is a uh, is a startup incubator for companies working on Ethereum. And they have vetted this through legal at consensus. Yes, uh, this has gone through consensus's legal department, and they have cleared it as okay. Um, and. Yeah, raised $5 million already through their venture fund. We should wow. consider reaching out to consensus legal departments and asking <laughs> yeah. them it's a really, um, what the heck they were thinking. It, well, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I can't wait to see how it all shakes it's like out, decentralizing honestly. decentralizing the white paper. It's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, yes, you're going to, like, the, the things that you're going to have to do to comply, you're going to have to, um, do your AML, KYC, do a bunch of quizzes, and do a bunch of actions, but they're going to be so inconsequential that it would be considered a sham almost. Like, that's just as speculative. Well, yeah, and yeah. I mean, they are saying as part of this process to unlock all the coins that they're purchasing that they have to use a certain percentage on the network itself. So they are saying this block, I think it's 25% for... Yeah. small or See, large that, purchasers. I'm sorry, yeah, I, and, I guess you, you did say that, and I'm sorry I missed that, but yeah, that does make a lot more sense. Having yeah. Forcing them to use it as a utility as, as opposed to a tool of speculation does make a whole lot more sense. Yeah, that's almost, if you think about it, like market manip like forced market manipulation. Like you have to use the coin so the coins start trying, you know. Well, it's like going to uh, Chuck E. Cheese's and buying it's, your tokens exactly right. to it's, play the games. Is, this is the Chuck E. Cheese model. Yeah. Like this is exactly this <laughs> I think we should have called them and ask and call them and let them know that they need to get a refund from legal because they could have gone down to but that's Charles how you... Entertainment Cheese, which is Chuck E. Cheese's <laughs> full name. Um and simply asked him, like, how you doing this, bro? And he'd be like, Whiskers. Um That's how you get around being a security. Like, right? I mean, yeah, you, so yeah, if that you're is. a small investor, you have to use 50% of the coins you buy through the ICO on the platform, yeah. and then you can sell the other 50%. But if anybody wants them, I guess. If anybody <laughs> wants them on a secondary market. I think that we should consider having a meeting after this recording to talk about how we can present this to some of our clients. Oh, because hey. I, I've just had my opinion changed um, <laughs> for the first time in forever. <laughs> you definitely have a two-year-old daughter. It took Charles Entertainment Cheese. That is legitimately his full legal name. Um, I've seen his drama. I thought it was Cheeserin. He's horrifying looking. <laughs> that is where dreams go to die. Is that Chuck E. Cheese? Up. Although they we're do not opposed, we're not opposed to a sponsorship from Chuck E. Cheese. Just yeah. saying. I think yeah. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think it's done. No, they they exist. There's one in Raleigh. Really? Uh huh. Huh. So let's move on to the crypto of the week. Uh, Sevi, will you explain to us how we're doing these for those guests that are just picking up an episode? Is this episode four or five? This oh, is four. Four. We're yeah. blurring together, man. This is so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, last episode, episode three, uh, at the end, we generated a random number between one and 100, went to coin market cap and uh, checked which coin was at that position. We landed on Horizon for our crypto of the week. So formerly, now, 
formerly Zencash. Zen yeah. yeah. Formerly Z Classic. Formerly Z Cash. Formerly the artist formerly known. <laughs> formerly <as> Bitcoin. <laughs> ICO land. Yeah, so um, we got we got stuck. I almost said we got stuck with Horizon, but I'm pretty excited about this project. So um, we're doing face-off on this. This is a pro-con back and forth. Um, That's right. We're going to flip a coin and see who's on the pro-con. And, and, who's and on this the is a truly random flip on Google. Yes, it is. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not really <laughs> truly random, but close enough that it doesn't matter. Sure. So you and I are flipping off a pro and con? Yes, we are. So heads, you will be pro. And... It is heads, okay. so you have I'm, gotten pro. I am all about this. Um, so I think we've been doing pro going first. Um, yes, last, we have. Uh, last three episodes. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the last three episodes, I'm going to recommend that you take a listen to them. Um, join in on the fun. Um where fun and fantasy meet. Oh, wait. Is that a, is that maybe a, that's, that's Adam and Eve. That's Adam and Eve. Okay. Well, also on our, also on our podcast. So, Horizon. I thought that was the Disney World slogan. <laughs> Your parents took you to the wrong place, sir. Um, but you had an interesting childhood. So, uh, we totally lost the thread of this in the best possible way. So, I'm going to be, I can't even say it with a straight face. I'm pro on Horizon. Uh, for today and um, here's basically where I am um, the thing about Horizon um, and and this is a I think a, a good move on their part they haven't rebranded from Zencash I think this is a misnomer or a misunderstanding by the, some of the folks in the crypto community they have expanded their brand to include other t- um, services under the brand of Horizon. So you would say it's as wide as the Horizon. It is as long and wide as the Horizon. They This brand expansion, I think, is a smart move because they've got a lot of decent products coming down the pipeline. Uh, things like private chat, um, private um, publication of documents on the blockchain, and a variety of other uh, services. Pretty slick app for which basically is the equivalent of what Signal was doing. But... Um, what Horizon has is um, is a really, really slick move to stick with ZK Snarks. ZK Snarks is a proven privacy technology. It has stood the test of time. To my knowledge, it's never been broken. It's never been compromised. And frankly, the only thing about Horizon that is more impressive than ZK Snarks is their roadmap and their plans and their transparency in what they're doing. So when you say ZK snarks, you're that, not just being snarky. I am not being snarky. <laughs> what it, it's in from what I understand it's end to end encryption, is that correct? That is correct. It's uh it's a zero knowledge um proof. Uh It doesn't know anything. How does it work? <laughs> it's it's basically just a way for two parties to both verify uh, a transaction without that trend uh that information becoming public so you don't get the the uh public keys you don't get the amount of the transaction um and yeah it can still be verified okay and and this is proven and used and implemented technology it's been used by zcash z classic um uh, bitcoin private and i think at some point there had been some talk about bitcoin adopting zk snocks um although i i don't have that information in front of me so um, some of the uh, some of the pros with with Horizon is I think they've got a fantastic team. The team's been working on this for a while. Uh, the thing that I like about it in particular is that when they forked from Z Classic, they did it for the right reason. You see a lot of crappy forks that happen in the crypto space, but this fork took place to 
eliminate a lot of the percentages that I think it was 20% going to founders under Z Classic. That was under Zcash, Zcash and actually, right. yeah, Z Classic got rid of all of the founders' rewards. Yeah. Um, whereas actually now uh, Horizon or Zencash has actually brought in some of those fees back. Well, so I, I think there's a, maybe a valid reason for bringing some of those fees. And I'm not a big fan of fees, but the, what the difference between Z Classic and Z uh, Zencash is, I think Zencash has a, a DAO and a foundation, where Z Classic. Was I think, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and, and I'm sure that there are folks in the community that are going to come and correct me, um, or attempt to at least, is that you've got a really solidly formed foundation, nonprofits involved with Zencash, that are helping build this impressive roadmap and complying with the all of their. Uh, plans for transparency. I think that speaks wonders to what they're attempting to do, and that costs money. So this isn't the most decentralized project in the world, but you're going to need some centralization when it comes to governance, and their governance model and their plans for involving um, the community and voting on on implementations. I think is a smart move. Yeah, yeah, it's like a decentralized um, democracy. I think is what they use in their white paper. Yeah. Now, what I would say to that roadmap is they have a currency, which they forked from Z Classic, and they have a messaging app. And that's really all they've accomplished at this point in time. And pretty much every other blockchain also has room for messages um, to be signed along with transactions. So I don't know that they've actually accomplished all that much. Yeah, they have a lot of big goals about where they want to take uh, the DAO. Uh, and the treasury and other products they want to build out. But uh, so far, uh, not a whole lot to show for it. So you forgot about the one of their other aspects. So you talk about Zen Talk, which is their chat program, and then Zen Pub, which is going to be able to publish stuff. They also have Zen Hide, which is domain fronting. So that's... I, I mean, think that's a big move for them. It, that is a big move. I, I know they're going to have some issues with dealing with hosting um, and dealing with AWS. So people may not know what domain fronting is. Do you want to give, Sebi, a, give us the Give us the scoop on domain fronting. Yeah, so domain fronting is... Uh, this came to a head a couple months ago um, when Signal was trying to use domain fronting to get around filters in Russia uh, that were trying to block uh, Signal. And uh, basically what they were trying to do is they were using a feature on Google's app engine to sort of hide the actual domain that its users were trying to connect to. So it would look like they were going to uh, a domain on Google's app engine, but then after that, it was then forwarding to Signal servers to be able to communicate um, with people outside of the country and maintain that encryption. So is that kind of similar like uh, Tor network or like the Onion Router kind of thing? Um, not exactly, exactly. no. Um, yeah, Tor is a whole other thing where you're routing to multiple hops, um, multiple different nodes um, that have been set up on this network, whereas uh, domain fronting is pointing at one domain and then getting immediately forwarded to a separate uh, domain. Um, and that's information is held within the HTTP header itself, as opposed to uh, the DNS lookup. And the big problem with this, if I'm not mistaken, is that AWS and Google and have shut down domain fronting. Yeah, a lot of the big players uh, in this area have AWS, Google, um, also Cloudflare um, and CloudFront, which is Amazon CDN as well. Um, they have all shut this down. Um, it's in their terms of service that you're not allowed to do this. Even if it is technically feasible, Google's updated their system to where it's not even feasible to do anymore. Um, I think Microsoft's Azure may be the holdout in this regard. Uh, so I'm not sure if uh, 
if Zencash is using them or uh, another CDN that's maybe not quite as popular as Cloudflare. But uh, yeah, a lot of companies are moving to block this practice because it can also be used by bad actors to route people to malware when they think they're connecting to Google or Facebook or something along those lines. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, other than that, there being bad actors in almost every market, you know, this does present some some good news for, you know, people that are in China or Russia where there's active, you know, internet internet censorship where you can't access some sites or uh, things like that. Is that. Yeah, I mean, Russia has already shown it's willing to go to pretty great lengths to block things. Um, when it got in a beef with Telegram as well, I think they at one point in time just shut down Google in the country because um, <laughs> Google had uh, allowed Telegram on its platform and wouldn't block it in Russia. So, I mean... I think there will always be a way for these governments uh, if they really want to. And if this chat app gets big enough, they will definitely find a way to block it in the country, whether okay. they use do domain fronting or not. So if domain fronting is um, is not an option, and Azure, which seems to be an option right now, uh, still according to a couple of searches I just performed, if they shut that down, what do you think is going to happen to Zencash? Uh, I don't think this is integral technology to the rest of the stack. Um, they may not be able to uh, have their chat platform uh, available to users in Russia, um, or uh, this Zenhide service is meant to be able to um, get around any uh, blocked website uh, that may be blocked due to content filters uh, in countries like Russia. So the Zenhide and the Zen chat and uh, uh, maybe also their ZenPub uh, platform, uh, which is their publishing platform. Those might all get blocked, uh, and users would only then be able to use ZenCash as ZenCash. Yeah, as a currency. As a currency, yes. Yeah. And, I mean, if it comes down to that, I think um, there's a lot of competition. I mean, not to – I know I'm on the pros here, and uh, ZenCash has got a lot of competition. Yeah. Um, you got Dash. You got Z Classic. Monero. You've got Monero. You've yeah. got a ton of privacy coins, and uh, it's a flavor of the week for privacy coins these days. Mm -hmm. um, can you guys think of any other privacy coins that are out there? Bitcoin uh, Privates. Komodo, Verge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a ton Verge. of them out People there. People actually use that. Yeah. Well, Pornhub. <laughs> one of the key arguments, you know, saying pick Horizon over Dash would be the um, the nodes they have, the secure nodes. So in Dash, you have to stake uh, several. Uh, it's like a hundred thousand at one yeah, point. It's, it's, it's a yeah. large, it's a large amount of Dash that you have to keep safe, yeah. which that keeps them out of circulation too. Whereas for Horizon, you've only got to keep like around six hundred bucks staked to have a yeah, forty-two Zen. Yeah. yeah, that's not that many. And so there's a lot more liquid in the market, and also too, it doesn't it kind of disperses that power among a lot more people rather than there just being a smaller central group of miners and and people acting as the secure nodes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do like their uh, staking for secure nodes. Um, they also have super nodes now, uh, which do require a higher uh, staking amount, 500 uh, Zencash, I believe, to be able to stake on those. And those are supposedly what's going to allow these additional technologies to be built on the platform through side chains and things along those lines. But yeah, uh, Miners are mining on this token with Equihash, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, that's correct. And, and one of the things that I think is a big pro is that the community has been really concerned about the possibility of ASICs uh, or ASICs coming to that mine Equihash and making the uh, making a shift to make this a little more ASIC resistant or making it ASIC resistant and making the shift regularly, as I understand it. Well, uh, actually, the uh, the devs 
looked at changing to one of the variations on Equihash uh, to move Zencash to. Um, but actually, they just released a new blog post uh, August 29th that said that at this point in time, they are not going to be moving. Yeah. Uh, they're sticking on the main Equihash. Uh, and so ASICs will be able to continue to mine. Yeah, and that's a bit of a problem for them. I mean, not to, I know I'm pros here, and that's a bit of a con, but they suffered a 51% attack in June. Um, and if they're planning on not shifting their algorithm around, they're going to be you know, facing that potential attack again. Yeah, and um, as more and more of these uh, ASICs get released to the market, uh, you can imagine uh, a 51% being feasible, um, especially again. by, <laughs> yeah, again, and uh, uh, especially by like uh, Bitmain or one of these uh, big players in the in the mining world. Um, what is a Zen trade for? Sorry. Uh, 14, just under $15. Uh, and so, yeah, and so they said in that same blog post that if a 51% attack looked to be feasible again, then they might consider moving the algorithm at that point. But that seems a little reactionary to me. It uh, seems like you might want to uh, head off that problem considering they've already had one of these attacks. Yeah. One of the things I like about um, Zencash, but a lot of people don't like, and I'm going to turn a con into a pro here for a second, hopefully take some wind out of your sails, is that <laughs> while this is a privacy token, you have the option to treat it as a privacy token or just to use it as a as a regular cryptocurrency, uh, being that the, uh, the Z addresses are not defaulted. Um, you can send to, uh, is, is it an open address or is it an A address? Is that what it's called? Uh, T address. T address, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and, you know, that gives it the ability to be adopted and used on hard wallets where these Z addresses are not accessible or available on hard wallets like Nano Ledger S. They don't accept um, Z addresses or uh, when, when the privacy feature is activated, it just can't be used. Well, um, that's what are your uh, opinions about that? That's on the hardware wallets themselves to Im implement those addresses. Um, but you I know, know that, that's going to be a long time coming. I, I I don't know about that. Um, I haven't checked on the status of Monero, but last uh, last I looked, they were pretty close to implementing yeah, I think Monero. They, they may have actually. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a big advantage that Monero has. Uh, if you want to support Monero, you have to support all of its privacy features. Yeah. And this has been an issue with Zcash as well, where uh, only 5% of the transactions were using these shielded addresses. So why even have a privacy coin if you're not going to use the well, privacy features? You know, privacy is a right. And I think um, if you want to enforce that right, you have the ability to activate and be private. If not, I mean, walk out in public. Yeah. And Put people, your on the outside of your pants. <laughs> people also have, uh, have the ability to lock down their Facebook groups so their information doesn't get shared with third-party apps and that sort of thing. And almost mm. no one does that. Touche. So I, I think to a certain degree, uh, you should try and protect your users as much as you can. Um, yeah, trust them to, uh, if they're investing in the coin, do a little bit of research into how it works. But I think for a lot of people out there, especially as more people get into crypto, you may need to hold their hand a little bit. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I like about this is that it's certainly doing better than Z Classic or Bitcoin Private. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've got a bad Z Classic and BC, uh, BTCP story that I'll save. Um, For when one of those comes up in Crypto yeah, of the Week. I'm, I'm yeah, hoping yeah. it does because, uh, Red Crichton, I have some select words for you. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and pick our next Crypto of the Week. I think we've uh, gone through Horizon well enough, and I'm looking forward to the conversation with the founder later on this week. Yeah, looking forward to that as well. Hopefully release that as a special episode. 
Yeah, Maybe should a be tasty uh, side nugget there. Yeah, absolutely. should be in our feed early next week if everything goes as planned. So look forward to that. And uh, let's see. Next week we have rolled a forty-five. So on Coin Market Cap, that's looking like bat. That's an interesting one to talk about. Basic uh, attention they were, token. Yes, yeah. uh, they were just in the news today. Yeah, they uh, almost have picked been one of those articles. Allegedly um, picked up to be included part of Coinbase's ERC twenty offering. Oh wow! And uh, that's the rumor, the word on the streets mm-hmm. from my uh, my friends on the inside. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah. That should be a good not conversation. financial advice. Not financial not. advice <laughs> or legal advice. Um, okay, so uh, we need to um, now that we know that we're going to be chatting about bats, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, oh, yeah. Too. Uh, except for the fact that it's an ERC twenty token, I'm pretty excited about Are that. Are you going bats over it? I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> there are no bats in my belfry, sir. Are, you sure? um, Are there hamsters on the ground floor? <laughs> there are hamsters on the ground floor. Um, Let's do the crazy crypto prediction. What you got for us, Ben? All right. I, these predictions, man, they've been pretty weak so yeah, far. Yeah, this one's pretty good, I think. So quick disclaimer here, not to be construed as financial or legal advice. <laughs> I hate these disclaimers. <laughs> as you are better off getting your advice from a swarm of bees, not only would they have more buzz about them, but their advice could actually take flight. As I said earlier, this week we're going with Stellar Lumens. That is the crazy crypto that we're going to put our eye on today. So what they announced earlier this month, actually, was this partnership with IBM, um, where they're going to have this uh, quote-unquote blockchain world wire. Um, and it kind of seeks to you know, disrupt the current international uh, you know, the way that money is exchanged. So they have this kind of a convoluted um, diagram. From their on their website. Is, is that the piece of paper that's yeah, in front of you? It's this one here. There's a lot um, of diagrams. And very so it's words. showing that if it's Adam like a picture book. Yeah, it, if Adam wants to give Laura, uh, we'll say he owes her a hundred bucks from when he was down in Rio for um, Carnival, and it's <laughs> a very specific so, yeah, example. That's you know he bought a headdress down there, and he didn't happen <laughs> to have any of the currency they use down there, so she just you know loaned him the money. So if he was trying to make this at his typical bank, he would go to his bank, they would issue liquid funds to another bank who would then issue funds to another bank who would then issue funds to Laura's bank and then she would actually get the money. That's a lot of banks. That's a lot of banks. Um, and, you know, they're they're much more simplified. So what is it that Stellar is doing and what, what gets you so excited about it? So they're providing the network basis for this. They're using the Lumens, they're using that as a digital currency to transact these um, payments. To mitigate the number of parties involved. Yeah, in you're these. cutting. they're cutting down. So, I mean, and this it's just simple even from looking at this diagram that the more people you have in there, each one of those persons is taking a fee, they're taking a cut or something of that. Um, whereas in their, their diagram, it shows Adam, you know, Take, telling his bank, the bank tells the world wire, hey, issue this money. It goes through the Stellar network, then it goes to Laura's bank, and she gets the money. So this is a pretty big a big relationship for Stellar or any cryptocurrency to have with a pretty international business. Yeah. yeah Isn't it, that what IBM stands for? Yes, it does. <laughs> They've been around before computers, too. I think they were typewriters to begin with. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> we're, we're not. Um, Pulling so, up Wikipedia. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're definitely not. No. Um, so to be clear, they're trying to, this this world network, what is it called? World Wire Network? Yes, the blockchain uh, world wire. They are working to facilitate international transactions between banks. To between between individuals, but and just kind of in a way to disrupt the current system. 
that was my computer beeping. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, actually, updates, that huh? was uh, <laughs> blockchain worldwide letting me know that I had just paid for my headdress. Um, <laughs> this isn't yeah, the Verge transaction. So, so one of the things they're touting in this technology is the ability for these transactions to be done in three to five seconds. Whereas, I mean, if you've ever sent money internationally before. Oh, yeah, it's a pain. Yeah, it is. I mean. How yeah. much, I mean, how long did it take? I mean, how much did you actually spend in transaction fees for your last headdress from Carnival? Yeah, so so I can see why you would be excited about this because it's this a big deal for any blockchain company to be involved and have a relationship with such a big and well-established organization. But, uh, you know, this kind of excitement, I, I think it's worth noting that they're competing with some pretty well-established businesses. Um, and obviously, well, I'm going to get back to your crazy crypto prediction on this in a second, but... I think it's a big deal to acknowledge that they've got some pretty deep-seated competition already. I mean, PayPal. Mm-hmm. PayPal's putting a man on the moon here shortly, right? <laughs> I mean, Elon's... Allegedly. Must, alleg- <laughs> if that was real, it's going to be filmed in a Hollywood basement again. <laughs> um, but I, mean, I think that they're going to... Sending money via PayPal is really easy. Um, the Cash App, who, again, we're open to a sponsorship with the Cash App, right, guys? I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. I and it's... it's and I mean, you have a valid point there, too, because this is IBM's blockchain. It's not necessarily the yeah. immutable, decentralized thing that we kind of see with Bitcoin and the Ethereum network. This is... Uh, IBM's, you know, touting this, and this is going to be their blockchain, so they're going to, you know, restrict access to it as well. I'm wondering if this is just the first layered solution that they're trying to implement on IBM's blockchain, and this is just, like, the basic concept of what they're trying to do. Nevertheless, quite optimistic for, for Stella. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me what the prediction is. Give me so the scoop. So it's currently trading around 20 cents or 20 cents per Stellar, for, per Lumen. Um, I'm thinking by the end of November, we should be around double that. Um, that's just my guess. Once again, not hashtag not financial advice. Um, but I think there's a lot of promise in this product, and I think you know the partnership with IBM is just you know to the moon. Just that partnership is you think is enough to to double. I mean that that and their logo is a rocket. So I mean bes- I mean short of a Lambo, that's pretty much the only way you're getting to the moon. Um, no, but to, to be clear, you you think that considering all the the downward trend that the market's been in, you feel pretty comfortable making that prediction, knowing that we're in a downward trend and that this yeah. news is going to pull Stellar up by its bootstraps 100%. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, the whole, it's not, you're, not, you're not just specifically talking about one cryptocurrency right now. We've seen drop in every cryptocurrency sure. in the markets, and I think that's just from the... But is this news enough to pull this coin up 100%? Oh, yes. Do you think so? Most certainly. Why? IBM, dude, three letters. That is, that is, that Even is a, you can spell that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I can. Um, Meanwhile, Ripple, which also has an international payment mechanism, is up like 30% over the last week. Yeah, they so. had some interesting news come out yeah. earlier this week. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Didn't you make a Ripple prediction recently off the I air? I did make a Ripple prediction. Yeah. Well, and it has uh, caused ripples, apparently, because you've seen the markets you know, Do you know what I think has happened? That Ripple <laughs> prediction got out through your Twitter account, and people just started trading on just that sheer rumor, and that's the reason why Ripple has increased. Just your sheer speculation. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, that's that, you know, before. our viewership now is what over at least 200 people. So I think we're going to start seeing these waves get bigger. The 200 of the most important people. That's right. That's right. It is quality over quantity, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, I think this is a, a good time for, for me to say, like I say at the end of every one of these segments, <laughs> that's a pretty ludicrous <laughs> prediction. <laughs> well, no thank you. Thank there. you. I do appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You're welcome. 
Okay, that's our show, guys. Tune in next week as we face off over the basic attention token, the cryptocurrency trying to revolutionize digital advertising. Thanks for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Initial Legal. Don't forget to hit that like button, rate, and subscribe us as well. Look, if you guys have any ideas on other tokens or any kind of projects you want us to talk about, please let us know at Initial Legal at Twitter. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a good week.